Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about digital marketing agency, how you can start your agency, your journey, and earn money with that. I'm excited to discuss this topic with Alex Mellon. How are you? Good. Glad, glad to be here. Yeah, it's a big pleasure. Big pleasure to uh, meet you, to build uh, our relationships on that. Why not? And uh, uh, I check out your profile. You have extended experience. Can you tell more about your background, experience, and why you decided to take digital marketing you know, in your journey? Yeah, yeah, good question. Good question. So I've been involved with the digital space for a very long time. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to have access to computers and everything early, early on in my life. So I actually started my first company, um, 1997 when I was 13 years old and that was T35 hosting that was one of the first uh, free web free one of the hosts uh, first free web hosting providers so for those who were around back then that's a time of uh, I don't know GeoCities, Hypermart, Tripod all those uh, companies if any of those sound familiar they're all long gone now um, so that was my my first entry into space um, I built up that company to almost a million clients we had and the idea with that was uh, to allow anyone for free and instantly to create a website online, right? Right now it seems like very silly, like what do you mean? Everyone can do that, right? But uh, in 1997, 98, 99, uh, that was very difficult to do. Back then, if you wanted to make a website, um, you really couldn't do it easily. You'd have to go to one of the big internet service providers, Bell Atlantic, AT&T. You'd have to pay them thousands of dollars, wait months or years, right? That that was the typical process. It was mostly businesses who would do it. Um, so the idea at the time was to really um, allow anyone to have a website from anywhere in the world, accessible anywhere in the world and for free. So that was, that was T35 hosting that I ran for a very long time. Um, did a bunch of stuff in between that and starting smart sites, but uh, to, to skip ahead a little bit, um, I wound up at Publicis, which is one of the biggest digital, not digital, but biggest marketing advertising agencies in the world, right? The top four, I think they're now number one or number two. Uh, where I got involved doing digital first for Samsung and Walmart. So I oversaw all their digital stuff and I was there for three years. And doing that, I got exposed to a lot of really cool things that were being done digitally that I thought would be really applicable for small, medium-sized businesses. So after my three years there, I left uh, and started Smart Sites with my younger brother with the idea to really bring that kind of enterprise-grade marketing to the small businesses, medium businesses that really didn't have exposure to that. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that was nice. that, that that was how we wound up starting smart sites and as uh, smart sites was started 2011 so that, that's already 11 years ago mm -hmm. nice nice love your experience uh, by the way uh, you know i have two brothers i'm lucky to have them uh, and yeah uh, i think it's the biggest asset ever for me you know in my life but uh, when i was young so young uh, i hated them because they beat me all the time you know <laughs> <laughs> but today yeah, i understand that was uh, one type of education, you know, <laughs> to lead me in the right direction. Uh, can you tell how uh, to handle the business with your brother? I'm interested with that because I tried a few times. Uh, they have their directions. I have mine. That's okay. You know, uh, we, uh, we have good relationships. But uh, if you go ahead with your brother or family uh, members, how to cooperate together? Yeah, yeah. so it's very risky. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. My my uh, my parents were very concerned when we first decided to do it, right? Because the, there's a lot of horror stories you hear, right? When, when business stuff doesn't work out, 
um, that becomes very bad. Uh, I think I'm just very fortunate that we're both very, very different. Uh, for example, I'm very numbers, finance, like accounting, like my, my degree from college was in, in finance. Um, I did invest in banking and actuarial for, for a little bit. Um, he's on the other extreme where he hates all that stuff. So I, I think we have, we have uh, very little overlap. We, we have mm -hmm. different interests and are, are, um, are overseeing different parts in the company. Um, mm -hmm. I think if we had similar interests and for example, we both wanted to do sales or we both wanted to do finance, right? I think that's where the friction might happen. Uh, mm -hmm. but knock on wood, we've been very fortunate that we just don't, don't overlap too much, but for sure, it's a big concern. Um, uh, I've heard a lot of horror stories, uh, like never mm -hmm. do business with your family, not even your brother, right? Like in your, fa you never want to like hire family members, right? Like I've, I've, I've always heard that. So it's. I'm I'm glad I'm glad it, it worked. It's working out uh, fairly well. Yeah, each case is different. Okay, uh, I have the first question about uh, how to start digital marketing agency if we have such huge competition. I think a million companies are online. Many companies, freelancers, yeah, we yeah. need to compete with them. How to find your way in this uh, overwhelmed field? Yeah, so I'll tell you how we started in 2011, which might be a little bit different than now. Um, Back then, it was honestly just as busy of a field. Uh, maybe it was a little bit different, but um, the way we started is we kind of uh, tried a lot of different things before we figured out what we were good at as a company, right? So, um, and that's that's not the best way to go for everyone, right? For a lot of like the um, like all, all the tech startups, right? And that, that you have in Silicon Valley, they, they don't, they don't often do this approach, right? You don't have a lot of startups that are like, Oh, we're going to try 20 different things and we'll see what sticks. Right. So it's not the approach, not for everyone, but for an agency, uh, it, it worked out. So what I mean by that is, I don't know the SEO part we were doing because my, my brother's original agency that we folded in when we started smart sites was doing SEO. So we really had that, uh, pay-per-click we started doing just because of my background. We also started doing social, uh, social media before there was really social media, like Facebook sued us for doing social media in 2011 because they thought it was detrimental to them. Like it was, it was bad that we were doing social mm -hmm. media. So, uh, but on top of that, we also, we had a client that was an e-commerce store and we did SEO pay-per-click. They did very well. And we're like, you know what? Let's start our own e-commerce store, right? So mm -hmm. we actually started, we bought a domain and we started our own, uh, it was outdoorgear.net. Um, and we started our own e-commerce store. We we're actually fulfilling orders and everything. And at a certain point, we just started taking away things that was not core competencies, right? We were doing okay with the e-commerce store, but it wasn't our core competency to like sit there and pack boxes and handle returns and everything, right? So we're like, let's move that away. Uh, social media stuff also, there was, there was a lot of risk at the time. So we moved that away. And over time, it took us a little while to really our, our core competencies became web development, SEO, and pay-per-click, right? The, the, those were the three pillars. Mm -hmm. uh, it often worked when we did all three at once for a client. Um, and it took us a while to get pricing right also. So it was definitely a lot of trial and error. And with pricing, so we started obviously to get clients. We were, we were super cheap to compete with uh, the overseas outsourcers and there's always like, oh, my my uh, my niece is in high school. He knows how to make websites, right? So you, so we were making websites for a thousand bucks, right? We would make an entire web. Again, this was 2011, so prices were a little bit different, but still, we'd make an entire website for a thousand dollars, and then at the end of the day, the website was shitty, right? Because mm -hmm. for a thousand dollars, you make a very shitty website. Um, there was very very low QA because we couldn't afford the QA, right? In the end, we would make very little money. 
The client would have a shitty website. So our client's pissed off. We're pissed off. Like everyone's pissed off. Like, right, this is not working, <laughs> right? But but it was a lot of trial and error with with the, the product mix pricing, everything like that. So anyway, very long-winded answer. But I think it, in today's mm-hmm. world, if let's say I want to start a new agency, um, I think similarly, you'd have to try a couple different things to figure out where you fit in. I don't think it, mm-hmm. there's an obvious... I don't think there's any obvious like missing opportunities right now. Like there's, there isn't like, I don't know, before maybe there was not enough companies doing social media, right? Or there was not enough agencies doing uh, TikTok, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Right now there's, everyone's doing everything, right? So it takes a little bit to find your niche to really figure out where you as a company fit in, where your value add is. So I think to start, either have to test and experiment with different things or really sit down with you and and or you and your team and think about where are my competencies? What 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 am I best at and where can I generate the best value, right? Yes, I could do the design, the development, SEO, pay-per-click, social media, blah, blah, blah. But maybe I'm not good at one of them or the value add's not there or the margin's too low. So it's either experiment or really think think through where, where your value add is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally, totally agree with that. I think, you know, uh, I remember when I started, uh, I, I, I tried to figure out how I can get SEO traffic because uh, I had free agencies to promote my business in Ukraine. And um, Ukrainian revolution destroyed my business in 2013. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, uh, but, you know, uh, I got experience with that. Uh, that was a good time because, uh, um, no, I, I got knowledge. It's much better than anything else, you know, the money and then resources. But, you know, uh, I remember when uh, I found my first client, uh, I spent like a few days to uh, provide free consultancy, uh, free stuff to help them, to share how we can uh, go together and got like $200 for a month, you know, that was good, you know, to have first money, you know, not bad. So it's better to get experience, you know, when you have experience, uh, don't care a lot about money. When you have experience, when you have skills to provide more value, help much better than competitors so you can charge more uh go yeah. step by step with that yeah okay. i think in the beginning even like you said even if you're not making any money you're making very little or even not making it at all right it's valuable because it helps you figure out your processes it figures out it helps you figure yeah. out what you want to focus on yeah mm-hmm. sure. yeah totally uh can you tell about focusing uh, how it's important to focus on uh, a few products or uh, it's better to cover a lot of different products for example i failed uh, to provide web development design yeah. aco m- many other stuff i decided so it's better to skip something and they, yeah. you know i i know a few uh companies they provide one link building technique one just one and earn million dollars you know with that just uh, to cover uh, all attention with one link building technique they ignore anything else you know uh, what do you think about focusing yeah so we we do a mix right uh, so we we were somewhere in between we focus on the things that we know we provide value at um and we let go the things we don't but at the same time we're not just like one service because if we think about it for a small business so think about the roofers the plumbers the, the real small medium-sized businesses um they're not going to have one company for design one development one for seo one for pay-per-click or 
maybe they will, but they don't want that, right? They, they don't, they have their business to run. They don't want to manage five vendors. So a lot mm-hmm. of times it helps them to have one agency to do everything. But at the same time, for example, we know we're not good at app development. So we don't, we will, we'll partner with someone, we'll refer it to someone. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of social media before, now we're starting to do more and more as we develop our capabilities. But for a while, when we didn't have the capabilities, we would just say like, we'll do everything else. Social media will help you find a partner. Um, so I think, I think somewhere in, in the middle is best. Uh, if you're a smaller company, definitely don't try to do everything because we did that, right? We, we would have, we would have one employee who would be the designer and the developer, right? That's not going to produce good results, right? The only reason we're now able to have a lot of services that we're good at is because we have over 250 employees, right? So we actually have entire departments that, I don't know, we have 20 designers. I don't know. We have 40 content writers, right? So now we mm-hmm. can specialize in a lot of things, right? If we only had 10 people, or let's say you're starting out with five people, can your team of five people specialize in absolutely everything? No, they can't, right? They'll, they'll do a mm-hmm. shitty job. They'll do a shitty job at everything. It's trying to specialize in everything. So uh, it depends on your size, of course, but I agree with you. I think it's important to be really, really good at something. And then once you master that, you kind of start exploring the additional services like we are, we're doing with, um, with um, social media. Social media for mm-hmm. a while wasn't our core. Our core was design, develop, and SEO pay-per-click. Uh, but as we mm-hmm. started doing more and more and clients would ask us to do it and we would say, it's not our core competency, but if it's you want us to try it, we'll try it, right? And then we started building our product and now we'd have a very decent social media product. I, I think, at least for us, that's that's been the approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, finding the right people for your team. Can you unhide secrets how you <laughs> do it? <laughs> because it's hard, you know, yeah, it's overwhelmed. You know, when I, I'm looking for a new specialist, I know it's really hard to find good uh, people. I can't tell that uh, possible we have some uh, high demands, you know, from these people, high requirements. But yeah, we want to uh, cooperate with experts then uh, just, uh, no, yeah, it depends on how your method. Yeah, so hiring, um, hiring, and staffing the company has to be one of the biggest challenges we have. And I think anyone has for, for a company like ours, um, we double in size every 18 months. So uh, since mm-hmm. we started the company every 18 months, we double. So right now we have 250 full-time employees, 18 months from now we'll have 500 plus. Um, so it's, it's not even just like hiring to replace people or hiring one person for an extra project. We're always hiring. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and for, for, uh, marketing agency we don't produce anything right like i don't i don't make pens i don't make like a product mm-hmm. like apple makes phones right i don't produce something literally our our what we produce is our employees providing service to our clients so literally the employees of the company and not only the, the hiring the right people but motivating them having the correct culture yeah. is the most important part because that is literally what we produce we produce, like our employees produce the service if we hired the wrong employees bad employees people are not happy have i don't know bad culture everything falls apart. So having mm-hmm. said that, I have no magic answers. Uh, it's been it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. And we have outside of so in, we have our headquarters in the US and then we have five offices overseas and we do hiring in all of them. Um, it's 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 a struggle. And recently in the last, I would say, since COVID start. So 
when COVID started, uh, we made the decision to not fire anyone. Um, actually, we gave people raises and we hired people, and that was very expensive financially. Like uh, me and my brother mm -hmm. took no salary the entire COVID year to be able to retain all our employees. So we were already in a better situation than some of our competitors who had lay layoffs and everything. Uh, but even so, as we continue to grow, we need to keep hiring. And ever since COVID started, I think digital has become much more important. So every single digital uh, profession has become higher to hire for. Uh, mm -hmm. If you think about like, I don't know, like people who never need a digital, like uh, restaurants, um, stores in the mall that sell clothing, right? Like random stores in the mall. All of a sudden they need a website. They need to be doing marketing. They need to be social, doing social media. You have restaurants now hiring multiple people to run their social media. How crazy is that? Five years ago, people would have laughed. Uh, like graduate mm -hmm. college and go like do social media for like the pizza restaurant in, in your town, right? People have been like, that's a joke. Mm -hmm. But now it's a, so anyway, because of that, it's been, it's been very competitive and, and, uh, you don't only, it's not only looking for the right people, you want to offer the right benefits and culture and everything to attract the right people. So mm -hmm. uh, sorry, I have no answers, but that's, uh, <laughs> I could, I could describe the problem. That's, that's a good description of what the problem is. I have no answers, but it's uh, for sure, for sure the challenge, I think, to any agency or anyone doing anything digitally right now. I think um, I think it's got calmed down a little bit, right? And right now is the, what do they call it? Great resignation, right? A lot of people are, the grass is greener. I'm going to hop to another job and then they leave and they regret it, right? I think that the, a lot of that stuff is going on right now. I think it'll settle down. Uh, but yeah, it's it's for sure, it's going to continue to be a challenge until things swing the other way, right? Like. Right now, I, I, I do a lot of stuff in automotive, so I use that for examples a lot. But right now in automotive, there's not enough cars and too much demand, right? So cars were not being produced enough during COVID, and then there's logistical issues. And now because of the war in Ukraine and Russia, the, the, there's supply issues and shipping issues. Everything's mm -hmm. a mess. At the same time, more people want cars because now people in the big cities moved out because of COVID. A lot of people won't take public transportation, so there's a lot of demand for that. People are trading in their old cars for electric cars because gas prices are crazy. So old is demand, not enough supply. So right now, cars are like selling above MSRP. It's like complete craziness. People are selling their used cars for more than they bought. So I think there is similar imbalance right now in the in the marketplace uh, for hiring, especially in digital. That I think eventually it'll settle down, but right now. Right now mm -hmm. is probably the hardest time I've ever seen. And I've done hiring when I was a publicist. I've done hiring at other jobs I had at Smart Sites now for 11 years. Um, out of all the time I've done hiring right now is probably the, the most difficult, uh, most competitive uh, period to hire someone in any country. So mm -hmm. not great news for anyone that's hiring out there. But I think on the flip side, the amount of talents coming in is the highest ever, right? Uh, people are coming out of college now with digital experience. There's actually classes in college teaching SEO and pay-per-click, which I think is insane, right? I didn't graduate that. I graduated, I don't want to do the math, but 15, know, 15 years ago, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, back then, there wasn't even there. There wasn't even there was like barely computer classes, right? They would teach you basic mm -hmm. computers, but now that like people are coming out, like like literally saying, "Oh, I took three semesters of SEO." It's crazy, right? So the talent <laughs> pool coming in, I think, is going to be a lot better. Sorry, a very mm -hmm. long-winded answer. <laughs>
Uh, yeah, love it. Love your answer. Okay, you mentioned about challenges. Uh, yeah. Can you tell how to adapt to these challenges? For example, if you need to manage a lot of people, you need to educate them, tell uh, we need to change to uh, provide something new. To uh, I, Even, you know, for example, uh, in my agency, I can see when uh, I tell them uh, you have some process checklist, but you need to improve it. You need to make it better. Your goal is to uh, provide something new each month, even it's if it's hard you know even if you have the process you need to improve it uh, can you tell from your experience how to tell your employees uh, to adapt to new challenges to uh, improve your process uh, products uh, and go ahead with that yeah cool so it won't be a direct answer but i'll give, I'll give you i'll give you my answer so I, I think i would break it up into two parts um and and both equally important and both have been something that we've uh, worked on, and I can't say I personally am good at, but as a company, we, we do very well. Um, I think any growing company has that. So I think first is uh, you have to start delegating things as, you, as, as as the company grows, right? When you have five employees, you could directly tell them. It, and especially when you work in the same office physically, you could come and like put, put your hand on their shoulder, be like, how can I help you improve, right? You could personally coach them. You could do a lot of things. As you grow, I think a lot of it becomes hiring the right people and, and empowering them correctly and putting them in charge of the right things to help the 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 people they manage to really rise to, to a higher level, right? So um, I think the right way to think of it is not exactly how can you as a person empower these five employees, but as your company grows, how do you hire someone and put them in the correct position and give them the right power to, to empower the other people, right? Because it's all about mm -hmm. the mindset. The mindset should always be not how do I do it today, but how do I do it in scale, right? It always should be mm -hmm. future looking. If you, if you keep the same, if we kept our company at uh, eight employees like we started, we'd be nowhere and probably be out of business by now, right? The, the idea is you have to be looking to a future and has a scale. So number one, I think it's it's literally delegating and creating the right positions to empower the right people and, and all of that, um, which I'm personally not good at, but thank God we have my brother and other people in the company who are. The second thing mm -hmm. is also I'm not good at, but again, thank God we have people who, who are. I think the second thing is processes. And you touched upon it a little bit. I think processes are super, super, super important. Um, it's super important for a company that's not growing, uh, and it's critical for a company that is. If you think about your company, and I, I don't know how many employees you have, but let's say you have 20 employees and you want to grow to 200, right? You want to 10x mm -hmm. in two years. The only way that happens is with processes, because if there's not processes in place, when you hire new people, they don't know what to do and everything falls apart. So mm -hmm. I, I think the two-part answer to... to and not even direct answer. So I apologize to, to your question, but I, I think it's uh, really empowering the right people to, to mm -hmm. really empower everyone else and train them and mentor. Like it has to, a lot of it has to be mentorship, right? Um, with 250 employees, I can't mentor everyone. I can't even mentor 10% of them at this point, but mentorship mm -hmm. is really, really important and processes are super important and they need to be very up to date and very, it has to be, has to be to a point that if, a new person starts or someone leaves, they could really take over right away and know what they're doing and not just like be sitting there and be like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice point. Love it. Uh uh, I, I want to share a story uh, uh, that what happened a few years ago in my company. You know, uh, uh, I spent uh, so much time to create new product. Uh, we develop our tool and um, um, a toxic environment appealed in our company 
I didn't know about that because uh, all my attention was in other places. <laughs> and yeah. a, uh, a few good players, you know, uh, left my company. So uh, I decided to investigate what's going on. And that was uh, a toxic environment. So, uh, yeah, uh, we changed attitudes. Uh, uh, even I, I fired a few people as well because, um, yeah, uh, we have different uh, vision uh, about our future, how to cooperate with people. Can you tell about toxic environment? How to create positive environment? For example, uh, if you someone uh, is busy you know like a business owner a founder i have no time uh, i i decided to, i need to find this time it doesn't matter what's going on in my life i need to do it to find time to talk with people from your experience how to avoid a toxic environment today because it's it's a big issue today you know i check out a few studies that uh, uh, people left companies like 40, 40 or 50 percent of people left company because of toxic environment. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's got to become a bigger issue. Uh, so it's something mm -hmm. we, we're, we, we're struggling to figure out as well. So we uh, we haven't been in the office since COVID started um, when when we were in the office. Um, mm -hmm. It was a lot easier. So we just built our brand new offices right before COVID started. But uh, ever since we started our company, it was always open floor plan. So everyone sits together. It's very collaborative. <laughs> Um, so I had, a and, and others as well, but uh, more so I had a very good pulse on the office, um, mm -hmm. culture, if people were not happy and it was much easier to address it really quickly, right? It's, mm -hmm. uh, if, 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 even in your example, if you sat in the same office with all these people and could like hear their conversations hear when they talk to clients and to each other and we're really like part of this like group effort and you guys were there together every day and in our office we get we all get friday lunches together we eat together right it's very easy to catch these things and fix them very quickly now that everything has gone remote um and will continue to be remote for a lot of uh jobs it becomes a lot more difficult and i think the problem becomes if you do not catch it early enough, um, mm -hmm. it becomes very, very difficult to solve. And I don't know your exact example, but most likely even in your example, if you caught it at the beginning, um, I think it would be very much easier to solve than catching it after, right? And uh, losing mm -hmm. key employees in the company is very, very bad, whether it's the culture or anything else. Um, we do our best to try incentivize that everyone correctly so that doesn't happen but most importantly obviously that the, the key employees are are that make the company what it is is super important to retain and i think you're right i think as things are now remote and a lot of people a lot of people um aren't monitored and I, I don't micromanage, I don't monitor people, but mm -hmm. as, as people are all over the place, I think it's become a huge, huge issue. And I think there's things that won't be caught right before, like in the office, I don't know, two employees are like fighting with each other or something, right? It'd be mm -hmm. obvious, not like fighting, not fist fighting, but like arguing. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be yeah. very obvious and could be resolved easily. Now, like no one knows, right? If the, the, no one knows, like only these two employees know, right? Um, and then people are become a lot ballsier over like Skype than they would in person. Mm -hmm. um, not, I haven't seen examples in our company, but I know some people um, that have sent Skypes and emails that they will never send in person. Like I, mm -hmm. I've read some of these emails and I'll be like, 
there's no way you could like look this person in the eye and like say what you just said in this email. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to become a huge, huge issue. I, I don't have a solution for it, but I, I think solutions will start to emerge because with everything being remote, it's now very easy for it to just spiral out of control and not be caught early enough. It's even at big companies, right? Big companies that have HR departments. All this stuff would be caught really early. And it's one of the, there's very, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons, uh, I don't know, Google, uh, Plus Apple, everyone's now doing at least a couple of days in the office uh, to kind of control culture and control these issues. Um, totally, mm-hmm. completely virtually. I, I have no solutions yet, <laughs> uh, but uh, super. I agree with you. That's super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. Okay, let's talk about customers. Um, in your agency, how you uh, retain uh, uh, customers longer? Uh, do you have some special techniques uh, how to, I don't know, to communicate with them, uh, to uh, share reports, you know, uh, to give a strong reason to be with your company and uh, don't search for other agencies? Yeah, so that's that's super important for us for two reasons. So number one, obviously, if we lose customers, we go out of business, right? Uh, number two, um, <laughs> uh, a lot of our business is due to our reputation. So if you Google Smart Sites reviews, we have like thousands mm-hmm. of five star reviews. Like uh, probably, I don't, I don't want to jinx it, but better reviews than any other agency. Um, so it's mm-hmm. once we start losing, right? If a, if a customer leaves and they're pissed off, they're not only leaving, they're leaving a bad review, and then. You're completely screwed. Mm-hmm. So, um, in, in terms of special things we do, uh, customer service is, is always top priority for everything that we do. So it's not not specific training, but we do. And again, this goes back to having processes. We have processes in place that uh, monthly reports are sent uh, in a specific way and documented. And there's monthly checkpoints. And we have outside the project manager we have other teams who qa things and then make sure that changes are happening in accounts that accidentally like accounts not left without change like pay-per-click account not left without changes mm-hmm. for two months right um there's a lot of like checks and balances and processes in place i think i think that's that's what it is i think it's number one com- communicating with the client as often as possible and sometimes that means more often than they like right like at least have check-ins like uh, call them up or email them and be like Let's review last month's performance. If they're like, no, I'm busy today. Let's skip this month. That's okay. But next month you have to check again, right? You have to Mm -hmm. really communicate with the client as much as possible and really have processes and checks and balances and uh, make sure you're delivering, over-delivering on what was promised. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It's better to give more than you promised. Uh, for example, yeah, uh, I usually tell my team, uh, you need, uh, we, you have what you do, just think how you can uh, bring more, just help yeah. more and communicate, communicate, uh, even uh, you, if our customers uh, don't send messages, just send yours, <laughs> ask them what's going on, yeah. uh, it's possible that you can help them in that way. Uh, yeah. Can you tell, for, for example, um, um, I have another issue, uh, when customers can't provide your requirements uh, and uh, it's normal and uh, I check out a few studies that only 40% of all uh, re- requirements from SEO agencies, digital marketing agencies, customers can do uh, and 60% they or ignore or have no time, it depends. Uh, and uh, how uh, even big companies, uh, I have a few big companies that yeah, have uh, 
thousand employees, but you know they have no experience with writing. <laughs> When I ask them, you need to create content, high quality content about your products, about how you can help them, and they reply, we have we have no experience with that. Our main direction to develop our products to innovate it, uh, to compete with uh, our uh, competitors, and we have a lot of them. We have no time with that. How to help them? Yeah, so this goes back to my, my the, our, one of our first question was that the reason we do so well is we try to be uh, a digital partner to all those small, mm -hmm. medium-sized businesses. So um, we try to provide and do as much of that as possible and really be leaders in the field of that. And what mm -hmm. I mean by that is when we do SEO, we do the link building, we do the on-site SEO, we do the content. Um, a lot of clients, uh, and we and we sell SEO hourly, so the clients could be like, I only want you to do link building, don't do content, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of our clients, if I told them to do content, even if they have someone writing content, it's not gonna work out well, right? It's, it's uh, or like, I don't know, My, my niece could write it, right? And then A, it doesn't happen. B, the content's bad. C, the content's duplicate. I, I don't know. So we try to really holistically be able to offer all of it. We still have the my T35 hosting business on the hosting side. So we don't even have an issue with that, right? Because a lot of times uh, you you when you don't host it, right? You have to like you go to a client, you're doing SEO. I need to get access to a website to do the metas title, whatever. Like, oh, I don't have my hosting login, right? And I, I, I'd imagine you hear a lot of this, or I don't even know where my website's hosted or how to log into it, or <laughs> uh, I don't know, it's WordPress. I didn't know it was WordPress. I thought it was Wix, or maybe it's on Goldie. I don't know where it is. You, you figure it out. So uh, nine out of 10 cases, we actually host the website as well. So we have full access. So you forgot your hosting password? No problem. We have access anyway, right? Um, so we try to, we try to, remove as much friction as possible and offload as much from the client as possible. And that was the reason we started doing content because initially we were focusing on link building, which by the way, I talk a lot on SEO. I just did a, I just did a keynote in Boston last week on SEO. I'm flying to Florida on Sunday as a mm -hmm. finalist actually to receive a, a award for the SEO we do on the automotive business. But a, a lot of, a lot of, uh, companies that I talk to that do SEO, surprisingly these days, um, a lot of them do content now, whether they do it themselves or they hire someone to do, but all of a sudden link building is not being done a lot. I don't know how that one that being dropped. It's It used to be like very gray hat link building, right? When you used to trade links, buy links, there'd be a lot mm -hmm. of like, and then it's so somehow faded away. And a lot of, especially in automotive, a lot of companies that do SEO and automotive, I look at their pitch decks and it's content and meta stuff. And I'm like, are you doing link building? No, like we don't want to do that. Right. So uh -huh. I, I think the idea is to be able to provide as much of that as possible and not have the client, not mm -hmm. take away, take away as much of everything as possible as you can from the client. And we have, we go above and beyond, right? We have clients that um, they say, uh, I want I, I want to know how many of my, and we do all marketing, right? So we would do SEO, pay-per-click, we can handle all their marketing. They would be, oh, I don't know, uh, their doctor office. I want to know how much of my phone calls actually, they booked an appointment to do an operation, right? So we actually do phone call recording and we actually, we would have actually someone listen to all the phone calls and we create a sheet and say, this call generated an appointment, this is the person's name, actually create this data for them. So um, I, I think the move has to be to uh, offload the clients as much as possible. I, I don't think you could, certainly some will, but I don't think you could expect clients to write content or fix their metas or, um, mm -hmm. or 
really it's it's safer to try to try to have you processes for your agency to do mm-hmm. it then because if you start re- asking clients to do stuff even like even things like uh, i don't know google my business right um i'll update like i don't know for small businesses everyone the physical location you have hours you're open right um you could email the client every month and be like are you sure your hours are correct does it match your website right or you just create a process to as part of your process monthly you make sure that the hours and gmb match what's on the website right i Mm -hmm. I think the idea and where and it's all about value add right where do you create the value add for 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 your client i think the value add is taking as much of the digital stuff and offloading them and letting them run their business (laughs) nice nice uh I have the question about AI. Uh, what do you think about AI? Uh, do you use AI tools? Uh, uh, are you going to use them? Uh, and uh, yeah, because for example, um, my team uh, actually uh, is creating one tool. Uh, it's like a website audit. It provides recommendations, but we have a bunch of other tools online, a lot of them, you know, and uh, we are going to create something unique, uh, the tool that will... Uh, perform all these recommendations for example we have a bunch of recommendations and we are going uh, to unite with ai tools that will uh, write text of course i'm not sure that uh, the text will be high quality you know uh, but it saves time when you edit this text what do you think about about ai tools they will replace uh, humans being or not <laughs> i think eventually a lot it'll replace a lot of what we do, I think both I mm-hmm. do and you do. Um, I think we're still a very long time away from that, but I think the move will be from uh, from us doing a lot of the busy work that we do now to be to being more strategic. Uh, and what mm-hmm. I mean by that, I think is a good example is Google Ads. It's not SEO, it's paid, paid search, but uh, Google Ads has started using AI machine learning, I don't know, five, six years now, let's say, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's it's a good example because we're already five, six years in. I think for SEO, we're, we're not not as far as that. Um, so on the pay-per-click side, um, Google has implemented a lot of really cool machine learning stuff that you're bidding automatically just on the fly based on what the conversion is and really cool stuff. Uh, but if anything, it, it, it took away some of the busy work. So before it would be, uh, and before, I mean, 10 years ago. So 10 years ago, we would go into an account and we would analyze it probably quarterly, very rarely monthly, let's say quarterly, and see uh, the conversion rates higher in mobile than desktop, let's bid higher in mobile, right? We would manu- It'd be a lot of manual work. And we'd look at device, we'd look at time of day, 3 p.m., it converts better based on the data from last year. Let's for this year bid higher 3 p.m. And mm-hmm. number one, it was a lot of busy work. Number two, it was looking at old data and making decisions for the future. Number three, it was very slow moving. Uh, Number four, it was still a lot of gut feel, right? I don't know. Like the client would say, I feel I do a lot better in the afternoon. Um, So moving to machine learning, Google's algorithm could do that on the fly now. You literally just set the parameters. Uh, But what that made more important is the strategic decisions, setting the parameters, right? Setting the TCPA, the max CPC bid um evaluating all the data monitoring it setting the correct conversions right so before uh it wasn't as important to record all the conversions have values in a conversion right for almost any business uh, actions on the website versus a contact form versus a phone call are different conversions which should be valued differently but instead of 
uh, uh, analysts working on that. They were busy trying to like plus plus one percent bid on mobile because one they performed one percent better three months ago, right? So take away a lot of busy work and create a lot more strategic work where we're now much more focused on defining conversion values defining bidding strategies, uh, monitoring and testing. I think it'll be similar for SEO in every field. I think the AI and machine learning will take away a lot of the workload, a lot of the busy work that that is done now. I don't know, like even for mm -hmm. SEO audits, right? We use a lot of tools to check uh, domain authority, how many websites link to it, uh, unique content, index content, right? It's it's kind of getting automated, but uh, you could do API stuff, but still there's a lot of manual putting all that together. Um, I think that's waste of time, right? Uh, that that could anything that could be automated should be, uh, but it needs to be closely monitored. And I think uh, our roles as marketers, whether it's SEO, pay per click, or whatever it is, uh, becomes a lot more strategic and a lot more important. I think whereas mm -hmm. before anyone could look at the data and do plus five percent mobile bid adjustment because mobile performed five percent better. Now, when you actually have to be strategic and really figure out which conversions are important, how much is the value of a phone call versus the value of a contact form, um, it becomes a, a lot more value add stuff that we will be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, you know, it's interesting today, uh, you know, I have one speaker and uh, he, uh, he films video, some interesting videos uh, and um, uh, uh, he sent a few times his videos and uh, all of them he usually uh, spoke in convenience. I mean like, uh, mm, eh, mm, blah. And uh, I replied to him, please take away. It takes time <laughs> to edit these videos. And today he sent me video with nice female voice. I replied to him, what's going on? It's not you. <laughs> no, he, 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 he told me it's me. Female voice, it's impossible. Yeah. He replied to me, it's AI. <laughs> you you criticized me for my voice and I decided yeah. to convert with AI. I was shocked because that was perfect, really perfect voice, you know, uh, without yeah. any uh, fluff words, you know, very nice. I mean, before you would manually have to edit that out, right? So I, I think yeah. that's I think that's absolutely it. I think uh, AI, machine learning, everything coming down the pipe, I think it will take away a lot of busy work. Uh, we mm -hmm. just have to be... We just have to be ready to adjust my uh, our mindset of where we provide value, right? For a mm -hmm. client before, let's say you were a video editor, before your value is is cutting out this fluff and making it nice. Now that mm -hmm. software could do it for you, where is your value at, right? Where are you providing the value at? So it just requires a little bit of thinking going into it, but I, I think it's a good thing. I, I think mm -hmm. uh, it'll make things quicker, take away busy work. Like, right? We shouldn't have... I don't know, people with 10, 15 years experience doing busy work, doing manual bid adjustments. It just shouldn't, mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense. So um, yeah. I think we're heading in the right direction. I think as an agency, as a business, as a marketer, you just have to be on the lookout of where you provide value because I think there's, there's gonna be a lot of value that people like us still provide. You just wanna make sure you're aware of the value you're providing. Yeah, nice, nice. Agree completely with that. Okay, Alex. Yeah, it's a big pleasure to get on my show to learn from you. You shared a lot of valuable stuff. Just tell how people can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah, yeah, perfect. So uh, I have alexmelon.com, A-L-E-X-M-E-L-E-N.com. And the bottom, I have all my social media. So definitely feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever social media tool you use.
Yeah, okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure to meet you, to learn from you. Okay, guys, see you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.